He says, I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the one who made the mountains. They're big. They're, they're glorious. They're beautiful. But the, that's not where I get my help. I get my help from the one who made that. That's the one who's on our side. That's the one who's for us. He loves us. And he has great things in store for every one of us. I'm looking forward to food trucks after service, aren't you? <laughs> You're like, you could, you could be quiet now and let's get on with it. No, they got to make everything first. But we, we do want to bless them. So I, go, I hope you guys are going to hang out today. We're not going to tear the tent down right away. We're going to leave it up. You can order food, hang out, come back in here or walk, walk around or go up by the crosses and eat if you want to. That would be, be a great place to do that. But I, uh, I really appreciate the last song today that we sang, and I really appreciate Emma's uh, transitional thought because I feel like that's right where the Lord placed me in preparation for today, that idea of deciding to follow Jesus, no turning back, giving him our all, going all the way with him in every way in our life. And so I want to talk about, I'm actually going to conclude this series that we've been in called DIY Discipleship, Do-It-Yourself Discipleship. This is going to be my last message on this idea. And today, I've entitled this message, Drink the Cup. Would you say that with me? Drink the Cup. And so I, I want to talk about this. I, I read here not too long ago that someone said that all disciples are believers, but not all believers are disciples. And I think that that's really true. But I, I, I want to remind us today that Jesus didn't just come into this world to raise up a bunch of people who believed in him. He came into this world to raise up disciples who would do what he says and live like he lived. That's what he wants. But we settle for, well, I believe in, I believe in God, I believe in the Lord, and and we think that that's good enough, and that's really not what Jesus came to do because even the demons believe and tremble, James said. Anybody can believe. Jesus said, I'm not here to raise up mere believers. I'm here to raise up people who will hear what I say, do what I do, go where I send them. And involved in that process is this idea that We've got to be just like Jesus. Jesus drank the cup. He didn't pass on it. And then he says, I drank the cup. You're going to need to drink the cup. And where I get this from is found in Mark chapter 10, verses uh, 35 and following. This is, uh, this is the word of the Lord. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Let's stop right there. I like that. They, they pray just like me. Lord, just say yes. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, I'm about to ask you something, and I just want to hear you just say yes, right? So, but Jesus, I love how he responds. Well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left 
in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, yeah, we're able. And Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and be baptized. And, and with the baptism that I am baptized with, you will be baptized. And then later, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he was praying to the Father, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but you, what you will. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this absolutely gorgeous Sunday morning. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you that we are all here as friends and family. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, over these next few moments to breathe your word into our heart. God, let your grace come upon me to be able to share what you put into my spirit. And God, we pray that that we would all be willing today to drink the cup in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 Back in early May, I had what I would call a visionary encounter of the Lord. It wasn't a trance, but I was in my morning devotions, and I was... Um, in prayer and meeting with Jesus like pretty much every day. And as I sat there, I had um, in my mind's eye an encounter, which I really believe now was a picture that Jesus was showing me. And he and I were sitting at a table and we were drinking coffee it had to be coffee. And uh, I had a picture that Jesus took a drink. He took a drink. And he set his cup down. And I'm, he's on one side and I'm on the other. And I'm holding my cup. And he took a drink out of his cup. He put his down. And he looked at me. And he pushed his cup over to me. And I had my cup. And I didn't hear Jesus say anything. But I felt his words. Take a drink. And my... Um, Response in that moment was, I'm okay. I got mine. I got my cup. I've got my drink. It's just you drink yours and I'll drink mine. And I just felt, thank you, Zeke. Oh, he, he knows I'm going to slobber the whole time. Jesus just 
stubbornly and lovingly just kept looking at me. And that was kind of it. And that stayed in the back of my mind for a while. Two weeks later, I'm sitting in a church in Kalispell, Montana. It's the first night of our camp meeting for our denomination in Kalispell. The speaker stands up to speak, and he announces that the title of his sermon is, Will You Drink It All? And I knew that Jesus was messing with me. What was going on in my spirit at the time was, um, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but have you ever just feeling like, have you ever felt like just like giving up? Quitting? Like, I don't need to do this anymore. The pressure is too great. The demands are too much. The sacrifice is just kind of getting to me, emotionally wearing away at my spirit. And to the point where you're just like, I could truly walk away from all of this. I could go build things out of pallet wood, <laughs> which has no eternal significance, but I could do that. I just don't want to go on anymore. I just don't want to do this anymore. And I know now, looking back, I think I was in a fit of depression. I know that I had been completely discouraged. And certainly, defeat was setting into my mindset. And Jesus had to have a cup of coffee with me. And he said, I need you to drink the cup again. I don't know where you're at today, but Jesus is offering you his cup. See, discipleship is to drink his cup. Not to drink our cup on our level with our restrictions, with our boundaries, but to drink the cup of the Lord. Jesus said to James and John, who were looking at the glories of being a disciple and being a follower and saying, Lord, we want to be on your right and your left. And Jesus said, are you ready for what you're asking for? And they thought that they were ready, but they weren't ready. But Jesus said, you will indeed drink my cup. Because this is the way it works with my disciples. They don't follow me on their terms. They follow me on my terms. And they go where I go. And they do what I do. And they face what I face. And they have the victory that I had. And so today I want to talk to us just a little bit. I won't take a lot of time, but I just want to talk to us a little bit about what this means to drink the cup of discipleship or to drink the cup of the Lord. The first thing that we need to understand about drinking the cup is that it means that we are to 
surrender our will to the will of God. That's what it means to drink the cup of the Lord. Because remember what Jesus did when he, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, then let it go. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. And so it was the will of the Father that Jesus would die on a cross so you and I wouldn't die in our sins. Come on. Are you happy that Jesus did it for you? He was willing to drink the cup of the Father's will instead of moving in what his own flesh or his own willingness would have led him. And this is what it means to follow Jesus, is that the Lord is looking for you and I to surrender our will to his will. Amen. That we completely give our lives over to him, that we drink the cup of surrender. We surrender our lives to Jesus. This is not a game. This is not a weekend adventure. This is a lifetime journey that we go with the Lord all the way, which means I have to lay down my will every day of my life. Just like Paul said, by the mercies of God, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to know what is God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. So that you'll live in the will of God for your life. Not just doing your own thing in your own way, but doing what God has called you to do. And that means that you and I will have to surrender. Everybody say surrender. surrender. You have to surrender all. Remember the old hymn that says, I surrender all. It doesn't say, I surrender half. I surrender one and three quarters or whatever. No, I'd be over one. No, I surrender a quarter. It's been a while since I've been to school. It's all. Everything. He wants all surrender. He wants you to surrender all to him. Every part of your life. And if we're feeling like we're falling apart, if we're feeling like we're wanting to walk out on our marriage, if we're feeling like I want to walk out on ministry, if we're feeling like I, I want to just kind of, I can do other things, Jesus says, here, drink the cup. I need you to drink the cup again. This is not a one and done deal that you did years ago. I have to find myself every once in a while sitting down with Jesus and drinking afresh the cup of the Lord. Which is a cup of surrender. Surrendering my will to his will. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to get Jesus. You guys remember what Peter did? He took out his sword, and he chopped off an ear of a guy. Malchus was his name. And then Jesus said, this is found in John chapter 18, verse 11. Jesus said, put your sword in your sheath. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me to drink? Here's what I find when it comes to the will of God versus our will. We take out our sword, and we're trying to fight 
to hold on to what we want to do. And we're cutting things off. And Jesus said, that's not how it works. You're holding on, fighting to keep it your way. You need to put your sword away and drink the cup of the Lord. Do his will, not your will. And so when you put the sword away, what you're doing is letting go of control. Come on now. Can I get a good amen out there? You have to let go of control if you're going to go with Jesus. You can't be in control of your own life and of your own destiny if you're fully going to surrender your will to his. You have to be willing to let go of the control. Put your sword away. Turn to somebody and tell them, put your sword away. Go ahead. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This won't come up, but he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust the Lord, and he will direct your paths. He'll bring you right where you need to be. And if you're struggling with surrendering to the will of God, sometimes you just need to posture yourself to say yes before you know how, when, where, and why. That's what I've discovered about surrender is you don't get all the answers before. We want Jesus to just say yes when we ask him. But Jesus says, no, that's not the way it works. You say yes, and you'll find me right there. When Julie and I were first starting our ministry, I was just on getting ready to graduate Bible college and to avoid going right into ministry to avoid it, I was going to go on to further education. I was going to go on to cemetery. No, seminary, they call it. <laughs> and I did not want to, I did not feel prepared to go into ministry. I did not feel ready to go to work in that way. So I was avoiding it. I thought, thought I'm going to go. But this, there was this pastor in this church that was hounding me and wanting me to come and to minister there. And I, I turned them down. And then they called again. And I was really struggling. I, and I was talking. And Julie and I talked. And I went to my professors. And even my professors were saying, really, you should just go into ministry. You know, they knew what kind of student I was. And... Uh, and I just kept, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. This is not, this is not for me. And one day, my Bible fell open to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll make the way straight before you. And I didn't see it in those verses, but I heard it where the Lord says, go to Terre Haute, Indiana. Yeah. 
I was like, where did Terre Haute come in? I didn't see that in that verse of Scripture. But that was Jesus talking. Surrender. To drink the cup of the Lord is to surrender to his will. Here's the second thing. To drink the cup of the Lord is to be willing to suffer for the sake of Christ. Somebody say, ouch. When Jesus said, are you ready to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And they said, yeah. (laughs) He said, you will. And the word for baptism means to be completely immersed into. And he was referring to the suffering that he would endure for every one of us. So Jesus says right at the outset to his disciples and to every one of us, not only is drinking my cup mean that you need to surrender to my will, but here's another thing that you need to understand about drinking my cup is that you have to put yourself out there to be willing to go through some suffering in your life because you said yes to me. Now, I just want to say something to you today. I wish that Christianity, if I could just stand up here, I know we as pastors and we as preachers and, and you know, we, when we make our appeal to people to come to Jesus, it'll be the best decision you ever made. We kind of leave out the part that it might be the hardest thing you've ever done. Because when you come to Jesus, everything in the world system and certainly of hell is going to come against you. And we live in a broken and a fallen world, which doesn't mean just because you got saved, you don't have any problems. But in actuality, because you got saved, because you gave your heart to the Lord, you now become walking, talking, living targets of hell. And everything in the world, even the world spirit, the world spirit, which is antichrist, will target you. And it's not going to be easy. And you have to accept the fact now that ministry, walking with me, loving me, serving me, being like me in the earth is going to mean that it's going to bring suffering, pain, heartache in many ways. Misunderstanding. People letting you down. To put it in Paul's vernacular, shipwrecks, beatings, misunderstandings, nakedness, famine, sword. I've never endured any of those, and sometimes I feel like I have. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? When you say yes to Jesus, when you drink the cup of the Lord, it means that it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to you're going to join a church as you should. <laughs> you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God and not everybody in the church is going to be nice. You're going to suffer. The preacher's not always going to preach well. You're going to suffer. People are not always going to call you when You're going through painful situations. You're going to think people are ignoring you. People are letting you down. You're going to suffer. You're going to have to show up early and stay late sometimes. You're going to suffer. 
Sometimes you're going to be the only one that seems like the person in the room that's washing feet. You're going to suffer. You're going to experience some painful things in your life that are going to hurt. It's not going to be easy. It's, going to, it's kind of like building. It's like a building a church or a building project. It's going to cost you more than you were willing to pay. It's going to take longer than you anticipated. It's going to be messier than you ever wanted. But it's called following Jesus. It's called being a disciple of Christ. It's called being in the ministry of the Lord. And by the way, I'm looking at every one of you who are born again. You are all in full-time ministry. Come on. And if you're not saved, we're going to get you saved today. And then you will have been in full-time ministry today. Amen. And there's going to be times when you're not going to feel like you can take it one more day. When you don't feel like you can do this anymore. And you'll say to yourself, I don't need this. I can think of better things I can do with my time. I think I can find more exciting things, ways to live my life. But there's no life but this life. Jesus drank the cup and he says, you will indeed drink the cup. So we're going to suffer. But in the process of suffering, there's something that happens. And Carrie, if you could find Philippians chapter 1, I just want to read this, verses 12 through 14. Listen to what Paul said. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me. Now, what he means by the things that happened to me is he's talking about the persecution and the suffering and the imprisonment that he's gone through. He said, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains, my suffering, are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, other people see me endure the suffering and it bolsters their faith. They see me and what I'm going through and my faithfulness and that I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't walk away. I don't let defeat set in my heart. He says it builds other people up in their faith and their courage. And they're much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. See, well, here's what happens when you and I will endure the hardship of drinking the cup of suffering. Not just the surrender of our will, but saying, God, I'm willing to endure those really hard days and moments that I just want to quit. When people see how you hang in there and you just keep drinking the cup, you just keep drinking the cup, and it does something on the inside of them. And they say, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can hang in there, I can hang in there. Anybody in the room want to drink the cup? You will indeed drink the cup. That's what Jesus said. I highlighted that on my piece of paper. You will indeed drink the cup. He doesn't force you 
But he's calling you to genuine discipleship where you indeed drink the cup. There's not another way to do this. Amen. I hope I haven't ruined your day. Food, food trucks are coming. To drink the cup means to surrender to the will of God. To drink the cup means that you're going to suffer for the sake of Christ. You're going to keep on keeping on, not because it feels good, but because Jesus is Lord. He's your Lord. And you're doing it for him, just like he did it for you. This is real Christianity, what we're talking about right now. This is the real stuff. We're going to go all the way. We're not playing a game. The final thing that I think drinking the cup implies for us today is that there's a, we sacrifice our life for the benefit of others. I want you to see what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. He says, yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Notice those words. Paul says, my life is like a drink offering, the cup of the Lord, let's say. And he says, I feel like my, my purpose in living is to be poured out on your sacrifice of faith and service. And I'm glad to do it. In other words, what Paul is saying is, I'm not here for me and mine. I'm here for us and we. That's what it means to drink the cup of the Lord. It isn't, it isn't me, it's we. It's the kingdom of God. It's the body of Christ. It's others. We want to make discipleship all about me and what I'm attaining and how, you know, kind of like James and John, who, can I sit on your right? Can I sit on your left? What position of power, what place of prominence will I hold? Jesus says, I don't want you to worry about that. I want you to worry about this. Surrender. Be willing to suffer. But be a sacrifice for others. When he talked about a drink offering being poured out on the sacrifice, in the Old Testament sacrifice, at the end of some of them, a priest would take a bottle of wine and they would pour it around the altar of that sacrifice which was a symbol, it symbolized a complete dedication unto God. Just rather than enjoying the cup for themselves, they poured it out for God to just say, we give our all. And so when Paul talks about the sacrifice of your service, the sacrifice of your faith, Paul was saying, I'm pouring out my life. He saw his ministry. He saw his life. He even saw his imprisonment and what he was willing to go through as an act of worship on behalf of those he served. He endured 
what he went through for the glory of Christ, but also for the sake of others. He spent a lifetime pouring out himself, going through what he went through in his life so that other people would advance, so that other people would get further in life. I just want to say a couple of things about pouring yourself out. Pouring out is your life's purpose. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen? amen. If you get quiet, I'm gonna, we're going to hold off the food trucks. <laughs> Pouring out is a lifetime calling. It's your life's purpose. Jesus, what did he say? He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. So we're to spend our lives like the waiters that we want waiting on us. When our glass is half full, we want them to bring us water and fill it up. So what we do as Christians is we walk around life looking for glasses that are half full to pour ourselves into. Come on. How many of you have been out to eat recently? Four of us? Have you noticed something these days since COVID? There are more jobs available than people want to work. And one of the places that got hit the hardest is the restaurants. And so you go to a restaurant, and if you can get in, you better just buckle up and wait a while. Right? Come on. Am I telling? And I'm not. I'm not being mad about it. I'm just saying this is this is the way it is. And then we wonder why the service is so slow but because they only have a couple people in the back that are cooking all the food and maybe a couple people that are waiting on all the tables. Amen. Think of that in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the harvest is great. It's the workers that are few. The problem isn't in the field, the problem is in the house. Drinking the cup means I'm going to have to sacrifice my comfort. I'm going to have to sacrifice, you know, my staying home and, you know, doing what I want to do in order that I could advance other people for the kingdom of God and show up and teach and love and lead and do whatever it is that Jesus says here this is the cup that I want you to drink and so we want people to give us really good service but Jesus wants us to give the church really good service and the people in our world really good service amen this is our life's purpose we can only, listen, we can only pour out what we've taken in. You can't give what you don't have. But let me tell you something. This is what David said. David said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Are you, get, are you getting yourself in a place where God can anoint you with fresh oil so that there just comes an overflow out of your life? Because that's what the Lord wants to do. Just get yourself in a place where the Lord can anoint you with fresh oil. And let me tell you something. Your cup will run over. 
you'll have something to give. But listen, with that, you need to understand this. It's when you pour out that you will always be full. That's where the fullness comes from, is when you and I will give ourselves to be pouring out, and we're thinking to ourselves, I want to hold back, and I don't want to get, in, you know, I'm just not sure I'm ready. I, I, I just need to get full. Here, here's how you get full. Pour out. That's how you get full. That's how the fullness comes into your spirit. As you give it out, God will replace it. And there's an Old Testament principle for this. It's the widow woman with Elisha. And he said to her, she said, I, have, I don't have what I need. And he said, go and gather all the bottles that you can. Go and gather, get as many vessels as you possibly can. And, and, and they brought in as much as they gathered from the community. And, and she had this little uh, bottle of oil and she began to pour it out. And as she poured the oil out, as long as there was a vessel to pour into, she never ran out of oil. And when they filled every bottle, that's when the flow stopped. And they had no more vessels to pour into. And you know what God is saying to us? You just keep pouring, and I'll just keep filling. But if you think by hoarding your time and your effort and your, and your willingness and your energy and yourself that you're going to experience my overflow of blessing... You have another thing coming. It doesn't work that way. Come on now. Do you love me or hate me right now? It doesn't. Thank you, Sheila. Sheila loves me. Oh, she loves me. The way you get fullness is you give out of yourself. That's the way it works. That's drinking the cup. That's the only way it works. Here's what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. You water, you get watered. You kind of, oh, I'm just protecting me, my time, my feelings, my emotions, my energies. You'll dry up. And we wonder, why am I so dry? Why am I so parched? Why am I so, I just don't feel useful. Well, be useful. Amen. Are you guys ready to drink the cup? You will indeed drink the cup. That day when I had an encounter with Jesus, he said, you know what we need to do? We need to drink the cup again. And I find myself having to do that quite a bit. Because I get in my own feels. And I get into my own mindset. But Jesus wants us to get us into his mindset. Julie, could you come? Can we just pause right now? Just right where you're sitting. Just let's just let's not rush this moment of just letting the word settle in our spirit. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now.
Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in these moments. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, that you encounter us. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you give us vision. You give us a picture of who you are and what you're up to and who we are, Lord. We want to say yes to you, Lord. We want to drink the cup. And if we don't want to drink the cup, God, I pray that you would work in our heart to get to that place in our soul where really what we really want to do is drink deep of the things of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. We welcome your presence. We welcome you. Can I have the prayer team come up and stand kind of to the right and left of me just right now, if you would, please? I, I really feel this morning, I felt it. In fact, I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget. I, I feel in my spirit that we are to come against the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of depression, and the spirit of defeat. These are spirits, and they're not from God. The spirit of discouragement is robbing us of the courage to go forward. The spirit of depression is causing us to give up hope. And the spirit of defeat is killing our victory. And the Lord wants to set us free today. He wants to heal us. He wants to heal us. Would you stand with me right now? If you're in the tent today, as I'm praying, I about said the room. I guess it's a room. If you're here under the sound of my voice today and you, I, I felt specifically discouragement, depression, and defeat. There might be other things, healing issues, physical issues, but we have some that are up here. I can also make myself available. I want to pray against the spirit of those things today and whatever else the Lord may give you to pray about. While I'm praying, you can come forward. But can we all, just in honor of the Lord, one more time, lift our hands to Him and say, Lord, our hands are lifted to You right now. Lord, we want to drink of the cup, Your cup, Your cup. We set our cup down to drink Your cup, to drink the cup surrendering, Lord. I pray for anyone who's been struggling with surrendering to Your will for their life. God, that they would just put their will down, that they would let go of control of their own life and let you be in control, give you lordship of their every day. Lord, I pray for anyone here, Lord, who has gone through a difficult time and feels like quitting, God. And they, they're trying to avoid the suffering aspects of walking with you, God. Lord, your word says 
that we are counted worthy to suffer, and that's hard to swallow. But God, it is a part of the call. And that you look at it as worthy, it's valuable. It's in your eyes, God, your eyes are fully upon those who suffer for you. And I pray, God, that you would touch their spirit today. Touch us, Lord. I pray, God, that we would sacrifice our time, our energies, our own choices, our own decisions in life for the benefit of others. Help us to drink this cup, we pray in Jesus' name.